Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B playbook, Kevin. Kevin, I've just come off another long weekend. We said that we always fall behind every long weekend because for business owners, it's not that fun, is it? You're just fitting the same amount of stuff into a shorter amount of time. Yeah, you're definitely right, George, particularly for business owners. Us working a nine to five already feel that pain of trying to cram four, five days of work into a much shorter period, however long that might be. And business owners like yourself, uh, working overtime just to get on top of things usually. So I can only imagine how hard it was last couple of weeks in the short weeks. Well, I mean, I made it sound hard, but it, it was okay. I just couldn't do any work over this weekend because we were preparing for my big fat Greek Easter, which happened on Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah, so we nice. had all the cousins around, all the family around. Very Greek as always. We have the red eggs that we smash. I don't understand the cultural significance of any of this, by the way. It's now just something that we do. Um, I sometimes (laughs) even question whether my parents know why we do it. But, you know, it's a nice tradition, I guess. It is a nice tradition. I do remember years ago you told me that Greek Easter is on a different time to normal Easter. So very good, very good to know and really good to stick to family traditions. Yeah, something about the calendars. I don't know what it is. But anyway, I have a question for you. You like, you know, everyone says that you get your best ideas when you take a break and you go walking or running or something. Do you mm-hmm. do you find that happens to you? Uh, I think I'm off the camp that gets the best ideas at either end of the day. 
whether you're lying in bed or you're just woken up. Shower ideas are few and far between, but I don't really get out for that many walks, George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I probably should, but uh, that probably has something to do with it. You used to be a big lunchtime walker. Is that why you look so grumpy now whenever you turn on the camera? Is because you haven't got any dolphins <laughs> following Kev? I, I mean, I did used to be a big lunchtime walker, but then I listened to a podcast about sun safety and now I'm petrified of the <laughs> lunchtime walk. And Sydney hasn't had the best weather recently at lunchtimes or indeed generally. So That's the walks true. have been few and far between recently. Well, despite that, I've been massively getting back into my running. And it is incredible how many of my ideas come to me when I'm running. It's as if that's when they all come. And other than that, it's just like blankety blanks. Uh, But the issue with that, Kevin, is every time I get a good idea, I have to like stop and write it down because I don't (laughs) remember it. So someone needs to solve that problem. Like I need like I'd be able to just tell Siri that, write this idea down while I'm running so I don't have to keep stopping and writing things down and then starting again. It's called a voice memo, George. (laughs) (laughs) So it exists. Somebody's already solved that problem, I'm sure. (laughs) Where's society at? Is it acceptable for me to be publicly dictating things to Siri while I'm running? Is that okay? That's a, that's a separate question. I think, uh, I think you'll have to answer at your own pace. Uh, Certainly I hear it sometimes. You can pretend to be talking to somebody else on the phone if that that (laughs) is a block for you, but uh, yeah. So I can just rename Siri, Siri to Kevin. Yeah. And I'll be saying, hey, and I'll say, hey, Kevin, you know, write this this idea down that I have for a LinkedIn post. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Maybe that's the way we need to do it. I like it. I like it. Well, um, and there's a helpful tip for our listeners if you, uh, <laughs> if, you have, if you need to get that idea down, but you're in public. <laughs> well, yeah, what I, what I would love to happen, Kevin, is if all of a sudden you have a whole lot of people changing the Siri call to Kevin and everyone goes around saying, <laughs> hey, Kevin, <laughs> I think that would annoy uh, you so much. That is my dream. That, that would be so one. If that's the one outcome from the B2B playbook, that's what I want it to be. I wouldn't wish that on all the Kevins out there. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure our listeners have more interesting people in their lives to dictate to. <laughs> yeah, you're the only Kevin that I know. I forget there are other Kevins out there. Anyway, Kev, <laughs> helpful, helpful tips. That's what it's all about. And uh, this is our fourth episode now where we're going to break down and put through the ringer some helpful content that another business has put out there and we're going to test it out and apply our framework to it to see how does it hold up. It is right in the middle, or actually we're right at the tail end of the second season of the B2B playbook where we share really our framework for sustainable B2B growth online, which we call the five Bs. Many people out there call it demand generation. But we are in the middle of our framework listeners. Despite this being the last of a series of episodes where we're putting helpful content through the ringer, as George said, you can look forward to more helpful content coming your way next season and indeed next week. But this week, we are talking about another example of helpful content. And the example that we're discussing this week is by Kerika. So let's talk a little bit about the company. Kerika is a SaaS company. It's a small startup. And Kerika provides a work management platform for geographically distributed teams. 
in the form of virtual taskboards and whiteboards. Their helpful content is a complete template for planning a product photo shoot. All right, George, as usual, if you would do us the honor of providing your word picture this time for our listeners as well. Of course, of course, I will do the painting. Well, Kevin, just like last week, it's a simple promoted post on LinkedIn, which has an image, uh, a call to action, and some text above it. Now, the image is actually a real-life image, and it's an overhead shot of a group of three people in a room that is set up for a photo shoot of products. So think of a few big lights, a table, lots of white and colors covering everything. Looks like a really minimalist film set. So if you're doing like a product shoot and you had a drone above taking a photo down below, that's what it would look like. The text of the post reads, Planning and executing a successful product photo shoot takes great preparation, promotion, and execution. Carica can help your team succeed. Now a reminder that Carica is the name of the company. So there isn't actually any text on the image itself. This is just text that sits above the image. Now underneath the image, there's text that reads, do you need help planning a product photo shoot? Carica has a complete template that you can use for free. This then links to a blog post on Kerrika's website where they run through what the template covers, how long to, or how to use it, along with screenshots. So listeners, the reason why we picked out this post to have a look at this week is it's from another smaller company and we've discussed uh, some of these recently in these breakdown episodes. And it is interesting to have a look at how these smaller companies approach things different to HubSpot, your uh, employment heroes and the like. And it is also a very interesting one because it's a very succinct LinkedIn post. It's quite different from some of the other ones we've analyzed where there is maybe a bit more text in the post. Again, it's another contrast to what we have already looked at. So it should be an interesting discussion point. All right, Kev, why don't we jump into our analysis and just start off with what we like about it. First of all, can you tell us, I mean, just to give the listeners a little bit more context, who is this product for? Who's it sort of aimed at? Yeah, I think when we spoke just before around like what Kerika actually does, it is really targeted towards small teams, whether that's marketing products, whatever it might be, but small teams in a business setting, but importantly, they're geographically distributed. So they're not in the same place. It might be as simple as people in the same city but working remotely. It might even be people working in different continents, different countries, whatever it might be. The key characteristic for the product's users is that they're working within a team that is geographically distributed, so they're not in the same place. And really, the product is for a team that still really needs to do a lot of collaboration and a lot of work together. So this product that Kerika is offering is hopefully solving that pain point and that need for a space where they can still work together, but remotely. So this is quite a niche application of their software then. So the software is all about helping remote teams collaborate. And now they're actually niching in and being like, hey, if you have this pain point of organizing product photo shoots, well, you can use our product to help solve that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. 
And I think that leads nicely into the first thing that we liked about this particular piece of content, that you go even narrower with that cut through of their content and niching down to show that understanding of who their dream customers are. So as George described before, the post is very niche when it comes to the topic and the content that is in that post. So it's actually much more niche than just teams that are geographically distributed. And it is also a lot more niche than some of the other examples that we've looked at so far. Specifically, it addresses people who need to coordinate and run a product photo shoot. Just people who need to run a product photo shoot. And presumably, it's also someone in a business selling physical goods because they're the only ones that are really likely to need a product shoot. And additionally, it seems that they are targeting someone who's maybe in a higher marketing position because presumably someone in that position is the only people that would be coordinating this sort of a shoot. But of course, potentially it could also be reaching a smaller team who, again, might not be in the same location, might not be in the same geographical space, but are required to attend that particular shoot and therefore require some coordinating since they're not gonna be in person until the day of the shoot. So right off the bat, we really like the fact that they've really niched down and they're addressing a very specific target market or target dream customers in their particular post and this particular ad on LinkedIn. And it's quite interesting and something we like because it is actually really important for a smaller business like Kirika to be that specific with their targeting, to be that niche, because they probably don't have a lot of budget to do these ads, as George and myself and probably a lot of our listeners know, LinkedIn ads are quite expensive to run. So Kerico being a smaller business probably doesn't have a lot of budget and therefore they do need to do a lot of this niching down, be very niche in their approach and what they're putting out there in their helpful content. And that's something that we really like about it. That particular content being so niche is also very specific to the pain point that these uh, obvious target customers or people that they're targeting would have. And that is that there's a lot of work that goes into organizing and executing such a photo shoot for a product, particularly when your team is distributed and may not even see each other or meet until the day of the shoot. And so obviously this template then aims to help with that. And so the content as we said before, really shows that understanding of the dream customers, who they might be, and what their main pain points are. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. Love a niche. I think it does that really well. As you said, Kev, uh, deals with the pain point nicely and then offers a solution to that. So full points to Kerika. Um, for I think probably understanding 
their dream customers. And presumably this is a pain point that their dream customers have. We haven't had it ourselves, or perhaps you might have with Medici. Um, I certainly haven't experienced it myself, but I wasn't targeted with the ad. So, you know, no harm done there. Yeah, that's right, listeners. Um, I am in the process and, and am involved in some of our photo shoots at Medici. So this is definitely something that's relevant to me. And as George said there, he wasn't targeted. I saw this ad. Um, so they seem to be getting some of that targeting right. All right, Kev. Uh, next, is this content expert, is it helpful? We say that your content needs to show your expertise and be so helpful that it helps generate trust and build a relationship with that dream customer. Do you think that this this ad does that for Kerika? We're not uh, photo shoot experts. We're not uh, in the business of marketing products. But on the surface of it, as we have been doing for the other pieces of content we've analyzed, it certainly does seem to be expert and helpful content from our point of view. It looks like there's an easy to use template once you're signed into Kerika. It sounds quite actionable off the back of what they already present on the landing page itself. Um, there's actually a really easy way to try it and with a click of a button, away you go to sign up for a free trial of the account. And actually there's, and, and we'll get into this more, there's actually a bit more um, on that landing page than a usual sign-up page. So they really lay out some of the key elements of that template so that you can start pulling some of those ideas away even if you don't have um, a character account already. Yeah, look, I think it's not bad. Like we'll dig into, um, I think how they probably could have been a little bit more helpful later on, but we're still being nice. So uh, in this section, so for now we'll just say, yeah, it's like, it's pretty decent. Um, there looks to be a helpful template off the back of it. And we'll suggest some ways that they could improve that moving forward. All right, what about the format and the distribution? So the format is of course, the way that the helpful information is presented. Uh, and in this case, the form is a template. Yeah, it is a very suitable um, format, I think. It's an easy to follow template, easy to get started with, um, particularly when you're doing a photo shoot project. I think it's always good to have the one document ready where everyone can refer to it, and that certainly seems to be the case here. And I think the blog post that comes along with it before you sign up to get the template is pretty good as well. Um, it's not a very long or dense uh, piece of content. Uh, that blog post gives you all the information you really need, effectively an ungated format, right? Um, it, it has screenshots and it has explanations of the different elements of the template. Everything with the exception of the template itself, which has to sit in Kerika's platform, is ungated. And so aside from that, which is otherwise unshareable, everything else is on that blog post and easy to access and not very dense to get through. Um, so I just certainly think the, the form of the content is a tick in my book um, to begin with. It's as close to a live demo as you get, isn't it, uh, as, as the format choice. And I, I think that's a really cool cool way of doing it. I'm glad that they pulled out those screenshots. You get a really good feel as for what's on the other side, which is going to reduce one of those barriers to entry when it comes to signing up because you're not worried that they're going to be some nasty surprises on the other side. You know, it looks like it's helpful. It looks like addressing your pain points. I think you made a really good point there, George. It's as close to a live demo as you can get. And uh, I think people in the marketing game and certainly ourselves included in the past, we kind of forget that 
you know, a live demo is the only way you have to you have to showcase some of these elements of a template, a template within a platform. You can actually just take some screenshots, have it in a very simple, easy to access blog format, and it could be just as helpful. Maybe even more so when it's a simple template that really doesn't need a full live demonstration video. If you wanted to take that one step further, Kev, I had a conversation earlier last week with the founder of an analytics company called Hockey Stack. And what they actually have on their website is um, they have their platform connected to like anonymized data. And so you can actually go through and without an email, without anything, you can literally explore the platform and use the platform. Of course, it's not your data connected, but it gets you, gives you such a great feel for the platform. It's as if you're using it already. And I didn't even have to give this person my email. Um, I think that that's demand generation at its finest, right? Like I actually got to experience the whole thing uh, without having any any barrier to entry. And here we are talking about it now, and I'm probably going to go tell more people about it. And <laughs> You can check it out for yourself. So yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely will. That's a very cool example. All right, Kev. Well, that's the format. We're pretty happy with the format. Uh, what about where it's distributed? So you came across this on LinkedIn, obviously, because it was a promoted uh, image ad coming towards you. What do you think about LinkedIn here as a distribution channel? On the one side, I do really like uh, the choice of LinkedIn. Obviously, it is a great distribution channel for that B2B marketing audience, as we mentioned before. Their targeted audience is probably creative teams, uh, particularly leads in those particular teams, working with smaller teams who have that um, distribution and geography. They can quite easily target that audience on LinkedIn. You know, you can filter by uh, industry, you can filter by job title to get to those creative team leads. You can then filter by particular geographies where maybe there's a concentration of those type of titles, those type of roles. So again, I think on the face of it, it does show some good understanding of where the customers are, where the dream customers are already, and um, likely a space where they have the right intent to engage with them as well. I might just remind our listeners, Kevin, that a way that you can imagine where else your dream customers might be is thinking about where is it that my dream customers hang out online already. LinkedIn is a place where uh, probably a lot of these remote teams and people in those remote teams hang out a lot already. So it makes it an excellent choice for distributing your paid advertising. But to think beyond that, just ask yourself, where else is it that my dream customers are gathering? Are they already gathering um, around different industry influences? Are there certain conferences that they're attending? Uh, do they gather around podcasts, around remote working already, or hacks around remote work? You know, where is it? Because that's other places that we can spread this helpful content. Yeah, and look back on your Dream 100 list and see where they are. Um, that's always going to be handy for whenever you're looking at new channels. Yeah, a reminder to our listeners that we have actually a, a full episode on the Dream 100, how you can use that technique to identify exactly where it is your dream customers are already gathering online and offline. That was in season one. Um, I'm not sure exactly what episode it was, Kevin, maybe 12 or something. I want to say 12, but have a look. It's in the title. A couple more things that we liked about the post and the helpful piece of content before we round out. The image ad itself was very simple and easy to digest. And it's pretty good at quickly communicating the relevant scenario to use this template for. The copy as well, 
Uh, as we mentioned before, it calls out one pain point in fairly simple terms. So again, it's very easy to digest, but it does assume that I'm problem aware and it does a good job of solving that one problem. Um, so fairly concise in that sense, but we might, we might use that as a jumping point into things that we might want to improve about this particular piece of content. Kev, I don't want to be a, a neg is it a negative Nelly? Is that the saying? Is it Nancy? Negative Nelly? Nancy? Negative Nancy? Nancy <laughs> what about Nelly? Right. Nancy? I think it's, I Could don't be know. Nelly. Could be Nelly. Could be Nelly. Anyway, I don't want to be negative, but I actually love this section more than the other one. I love looking at what could be improved <laughs> <laughs> and being a little bit critical. And Kev, I know that you felt that this content was a little bit off for the decision maker and for the influencers in terms of pain points. Why, why did you think that? Well, I think just take me for an example, I was targeted with the ad, but I'm not the key decision maker in this case. I'm a decision maker influencer. Um, so I attend these shoot days for Metagy. I work closely with the leads that organize these shoot days, but I don't make a lot of decisions to set up the days. I don't take a lot of those decision responsibilities to organize particular days. So the template itself maybe isn't quite accurate for me, but beyond that, you know, we're not people selling physical goods, Metagy or us at the B2B playbook. We're not really in that business to do physical goods. So although we do some video work, we obviously do audio work here. Uh, photo shoots are not something that we organize directly or very frequently at all. And so organizing such shoots, it's probably not a pain point for us. So that's why I think it's a little bit off. Yeah, that's really interesting because Metagy is, I mean, you guys do operate remotely a lot of the time. So if it was pitched as like remote working software, then I mean, I guess that would probably make more sense to you. But because they've highlighted this really niche application, which normally is awesome and we would love, it just, it just didn't land because that's not the niche application that you would use it for. That's not the way... Uh, to get into your mind really is it because that's just not what you would use the platform for so we see the intention but then it's maybe just perhaps the targeting that is slightly off there yeah i mean there are definitely ways they can angle the content that is helpful to us uh, whether that's my role in energy or the hat i put on when we're talking about the b2b playbook it might be better for example if the content was geared more towards how to get the most out of photo shoot days or help the organizers get the most or how to attend a photo shoot to make sure that it runs smoothly as an attendee these are ancillary problems, problems that I actually have um, or wonder about, or maybe you wonder about when you get invited to other people's shoots and podcast recordings that we might actually be interested in that content. And although that's an ancillary problem that's really relevant to us, but ancillary to their dream customers, we know from what we talked about this season that that works to help build brand awareness. And frankly for us it's an early stage of unawareness really for the brand so it really helps build the brand build the awareness of the brand and i guess decision influences like ourselves so that eventually we do pass on um, you know if we notice photo shoots are getting very hard to organize we might tell our photo shoot organizers hey have you heard of Kerica? they have this great template for organizing these days to make it a bit easier for everyone you know, that's a very likely scenario to happen, but only if they had started with content that was geared more towards us as decision-making influencers and again, talks to our pain points rather than the decision-makers pain points because they are slightly different.
Right. Okay. Now let's assume that this actually was a pain point of yours, Kevin. Even so, this is probably more uh, problem aware or solution aware content. So again, listeners, Mm. when we're talking about unaware, problem aware, solution aware, we're talking about Eugene Schwartz's five stages of awareness. And that's really the five stages of awareness that a dream customer will go through from never having heard about your product to actually becoming aware of it and buying it. And the idea is there's five stages of awareness there and you have to create content that ushers them through those stages. So you build trust, so you build a relationship, so they buy from you. And we're saying that really, we're completely unaware um, of these problems at all. And the way that this ad is set up is it's actually a call to action to say Kerika can help your team when it comes to preparation of product photo shoots. Now that assumes that we are aware of a problem. It assumes almost, Kevin, that we are even aware of these solutions and that we're just trying to narrow down the platform. So it's targeting us with information that is already too far down the buying journey. And we've missed that initial part where we don't even, we're not even aware of the problems that Carica is solving or that this industry or remote working is facing. That's exactly right. And it's, I guess, what I was hinting at on our last point of things that we liked about it, even though it does address one specific pain point and it solves that pain point in the ad, it's a little off in its targeting. As George said, it's probably a piece of content that is helpful, but for a later stage in the user's journey in developing awareness with your brand and your products. So instead of diving straight into that template, maybe a piece of helpful educational content that shows the pain of organizing such days or what to consider in planning them or attending them, that might get more cut through at an earlier stage, which we're at when we saw this ad. Well, that was going to be one of my points later on, Kevin, for the copy is you're absolutely right. We need to highlight the problem. And then in our copy, in our image, we need to agitate that problem. We need to make people feel that pain so they actually want to find a solution to it, create some impetus for someone to click through and sign up for Kerika. So very, very good point there. Kev, I did think that this ad could have been a little bit more helpful. We do say at the earlier stages of awareness, we like our content to be a little bit more snackable. What that means is we really want to bring the main points into the ad itself so it can be consumed in the feed. So some of those helpful points, some of those benefits, some of those problems worth agitating, that could have been brought into the text or into the image of the post itself. Yeah, spot on. It all comes down to what was placed in the blog and what was placed in the post. There's a lot of stuff in the blog that you then get to, the user then gets to when you click through that does seem to start agitating the problem that seems to really talk about the benefits of the template and why it should exist and more of that educational, helpful content. But as we said before, it comes a little too late. Um, It's not really communicated in the post itself and therefore it's not as helpful as we would like that uh, content to be in LinkedIn's feed itself. It's not that stackable content, as George said. Uh, It is short, it does address the pain point, but maybe not enough of that in the post itself. Uh, Or maybe they just need to hit those stackable content uh, pain points that are really relevant for the stage of awareness. Either way, I think, as George said, more helpful content 
in the LinkedIn post itself is probably a good play um, as the next iteration of this particular ad. All right, Kev, the next point is this piece of um, helpful content is semi-gated. So when we talk about gated content, we talk about content where you need to provide an email address, some personal information in exchange for that content. If it's ungated, it means you're easily able to access the whole resource without giving over any personal information. Kev, was this one gated, not gated? What, what was it? Yeah, when we talked about earlier and I said that it's pretty much it's pretty much completely ungated and that is true. A lot of it is in the blog post itself. But where it is slightly gated, um, so that's why we call it semi-gated, I guess. Where it is slightly gated is that a user still has to go through the sign up and start the free trial to use the template itself. I guess we're playing uh, devil's advocate a little bit here, but having done that, it means that you know a potential user, a photo, they should they could be organizing a photo shoot for a few months down the track, which is usually the case. So when they're coming across this problem and they get to this template, it might be spot on to their pain point. They might really want to use it, but once they set it up, the day of the shoot is going to happen probably well beyond when the free trial ends, and so a potential customer seeing this. You know, one way to think about it from Kerika's point of view is to say, okay, well, that's a great incentive for them to sign up. But if you're a user coming to that, you might take one look at that and think, okay, it's just going to be a waste of time to set it up and not bother to sign up and use it at all in the first place and not have that experience of a positive interaction with the business where I've used one of the templates. It's super helpful. I've associated that good feeling towards the brand. What else can they help me with? You know, you've lost out on that opportunity to build that and start building that positive relationship with your potential customer who probably will end up signing up for a free trial after using a very good template because they're going to have another photo shoot. You know, products renew themselves pretty quickly. And so maybe the second time around, they'll be like, I know that works, I'm going to sign up. And that's when the free trial really helps to get those users across the line to start being subscribers. Um, but if you don't get that first interaction, that first sense of value and goodwill towards the brand, then it's going to be a lot harder to get them on board. Um, so that's where we would encourage you to maybe go all the way with your ungating and not stop at that final step in template because you've already given all the information away. Why not go all the way and give that template away? And again, this is just another issue that uh, can be simply avoided if there was a small content format change. So make it more educational in the LinkedIn post itself, in the blog post, in that stage of awareness uh, where you're unaware or maybe you're problem aware only. And then surface this template later in, in remarketing when someone is very much you know, most aware or uh, product aware and they're kind of ready to sign up because they've already tried a few things and they kind of know this is the best thing for them and they're ready to sign up to Kerika. So again, they can play around with the content format to, to really ungate, ungate that template all the way or they can look to produce more educational content either way matching the stage of awareness and being a bit more helpful um, at that early stage to really lock in the value of building a relationship with your customers or potential customers.
That's such a great point, Kevin. One of my favorite points you've made today and a great reminder for our listeners that whatever is on the other side of the click has to be helpful. Like we can't let people down because you're actually going to be doing some damage to your brand because you're going to leave someone feeling like very dissatisfied, especially for something like Carica where, you know, it looks like it's a bit of a project management tool. Like you need to put a bit of elbow grease into actually getting this thing set up. So uh, you get some use out of it. So you get the organizational use out of it. And as you said, Kevin, with just a short free trial, it's unlikely you're going to get the full benefit from that at all. It's a little bit different to like a trial for a more techie tool because you can kind of do the free trial and you get like immediate feedback from it if it's a bit of a plug and play solution. And you go, oh, that's really cool. I can imagine myself uh, getting great insights from that in the future. So I think that's such a great reminder, Kevin, that we have to be as helpful as possible on the other side of the click. On to creative now. And for me, the image, I did like the real life image. Sometimes I get a bit sick and tired of seeing the same like animated um, sort of overlays on image posts. It kind of all just blends into the same sort of thing. So I did like that they used the real life image, but I felt personally it wasn't really eye-catching enough. It was a little bit distant. As we said, the shot is as if like a drone was overhead and looking at a uh, product shoot, photo shoot underneath it. And I just didn't find it that eye-catching or relatable. I mean, look, you know what, Kev, for me, maybe it's because I just don't have this pain point. And so of course it doesn't resonate with me because I'm not a good dream customer of theirs. What did you feel about the image? I mean, I think just on that point about how far away the shot and how distant it was alone just on aesthetics is probably worth making a point about because when I first saw that particular post on my phone um, and I have an iPhone 12 mini and it's a very small screen compared to some of the phones you get out there today and when you see that image it's very small and, and it's kind of hard to see almost and it's just very hard to get a sense that that's something that's going to be relevant to me even if i was running a shoot it's not something it's not even a point of view that you would often get at a photo shoot is is what i mean like there's not there's nothing that relatable about that particular shot whereas if it was really punched in to someone who was a bit more stressed about a situation of planning a shoot you know there's things in the background that that really show a pain point of not having a smooth photo shoot like maybe you're missing equipment or something is damaged Mm. and there's someone really frustrated in the foreground that will hit home that pain point a lot quicker for me and very easily be visible in in an image on a phone that is as small as mine and importantly that would really have that cut through to hit the relevant pain point at the stage of awareness um, that we're talking about and for that relevant audience you really need to show them what that pain point is and start agitating that pain point even with the image itself. So I definitely agree. I think the image isn't eye-catching enough. Importantly, it doesn't hit home the pain point enough, whether that's because it's too distant or it's just not that relatable in the setup, whatever it might be, uh, the image uh, can definitely be improved. I love that. Yeah, it's just not sticking the knife in and twisting it in the pain point, is it? And your idea of having, you know, close up of someone looking really frustrated in that planning process would, I think, be so much more eye catching and would really start to agitate that problem. I think that's also reflected, Kevin, in the copy and the, meaning the text that is above the photo itself that is in the ad. 
I just felt like it wasn't emotive enough. It could definitely have had a stronger hook in the post. And a reminder for our listeners, the hook is that first one or two lines that is really designed to grab the viewer's attention and really to establish that problem and give them a reason why they should go on to read the rest of it. And to me, you know, all it said was planning and executing a successful product photo shoot takes great preparation, promotion, and execution. Kerika can help your team succeed. It doesn't actually talk to any of the pain points at all there, Kevin. You know, we, we covered how we liked the image and liked the, the copy because it was so succinct and easy to digest. And it is that. Um, but like the image, it doesn't hit home for me. As you said, it doesn't agitate that relevant pain point enough. It's not emotive enough. You know, it doesn't even have a, a statistic about maybe how much time was wasted or what you or or what time you can save using Kerico with a photo shoot. Uh, things that could really help you get that cut through. It's not emotive enough. It doesn't demonstrate the the benefits enough. I think there's definitely room for improvement in that copy to be more of a hook and have more impact on first glance. Yeah, I would love them to grab our attention with a statistic, as you said, about how much time is wasted or saved with Kerico and photo shoots. I think that is such a good example and a great way to get someone's attention and a great hook. I also noticed, Kev, that the template isn't really called out in enough. We don't really get much insight in the ad itself about the template. We don't know about the benefits of using the template. All it's telling us is that successful product photo shoots take great preparation, promotion, and execution. But we don't actually get a sense of the benefits that this template is going to bring you. I mean, they're the outcomes. Actually, no, they're not even the outcomes, are they? Preparation, promotion, and execution. They're not even the outcomes. I don't know what this is focusing on. Yeah, I I don't even think they called out a template until the text below the image even then the template name isn't written out in full uh, so it's it's kind of hard to see from from the ad from a post um, at first glance what it is even promoting i think that's that's probably um, something that can be improved as well you know hit that pain point agitate it twist the knife and then talk about the benefit and talk about what's actually going to solve that pain point and then the final line, Kevin, after it, Kerika can help your team succeed. Sorry, but what the hell does that even mean? That is so <laughs> generic. It tells me nothing. Instead, you could paint a picture of what success looks like. You know, Kerika can help your team succeed. I just don't even know what, what that means. You know, what do people actually really want? Why, what's the benefit of using Kerika? No doubt it's saved time. You know, there's probably less meetings to organize this particular product photo shoot. It's about everyone being on board with the same process, which means you get better outcomes. I mean, that's what Kerika is about. But just saying Kerika can help your team succeed, for me anyway, that wouldn't do enough for me. It's just not specific enough for me to go through and sign up for a free trial. I agree, George. I can empathize that as marketers writing copy sometimes we want to be as inclusive as possible for different things that might all be pain points and possible solutions that we can provide Uh, but sometimes the different scenarios belong in different ads Uh, for specific ads you do need to get specific 
solve one pain point at a time. Be specific about how you're going to solve that pain point because then you're going to have a lot more cut through, a lot more results from that particular ad rather than spraying the field with a generic message. And hopefully avoiding a scenario where you get someone like George having that reaction, uh, wondering what the hell does that ad even mean for me? That's not relatable. You know, we we sometimes, yeah, we get a bit scared about being specific. And we think our potential audience, they'll connect the dots and they'll sort of fit it into their own landscape, their own context. Uh, but sometimes it does pay to be more specific when you come to calling out pain points and benefits. I mean, they've already taken that leap and niche down in deciding that they're going to run an ad and target a segment of people that use their product to arrange product photo shoots. Like that is so niche. So then they could actually just apply, if they just applied that to the rest of their copy, to the rest of their photo, like it would be such a good example of just taking a segment and being able to tailor everything to it. So everything really speaks very true to that particular audience. They're almost there, Kevin. They did the hard work. That's the thing that people are always most afraid of. As you said, that's the thing people are afraid of is um, excluding others with their messaging. And uh, I would love to see them adjust this. Yeah, it's a shame because they are pretty close, as you said, even down to you know the CTA, learn more. That might be more appropriate for an educational piece of content as we talked about before. But in this case, you know, if you're going to push that template, you really should be pushing it harder than learn more. It just doesn't seem strong enough at this point. Yeah. I mean, even when you get to that page, what we get a lot of information about the template itself, but we actually don't get a lot of insight, I guess, about something that would be particularly helpful to help us solve that problem outside of using the template. There just really isn't that value exchange unless someone signs up to Carica, which I think is a big missed opportunity there. All right, Kev, we've put it through the ringer. What are the key takeaways? For smaller companies, it's even more important to ensure that your content really speaks to a niche audience who are your potential dream customers. You won't have the budget to stretch too much and too far beyond that or even to cover that specific niche. So make sure you do that in all your copy right the way through. And you can compound your impact by really hitting home the key pain points of that particular niche audience and link them to a solution or benefit that your product or service provides and be sure to call that out in your content. Finally, show and hone in on the valuable points of your content right in the post and in the feed. Make that content snackable particularly at the unaware stage. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Listeners, you can find links to everything that we discussed in the show notes. I will be posting next Monday as well, an actual image of this ad and link to it. So you guys can all check it out visually for yourself. We are so grateful that each week more and more marketers are tuning in every Monday morning to the B2B playbook. And if we can ask one thing, it would be to please leave us a short review or pass it on to someone who might find the podcast helpful. We would really, really appreciate it. It's a huge help to us. Thanks again, Kev. Thank you, listeners. Take care and see you next week. Take care, listeners. See you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. 
Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.